Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, uh, I love all the reaction, the new listeners, all the feedback I got yesterday, obviously about the pre- and the post-game show. Um, I do love the guys who first to put out to me and mentioned that um, no other podcast had a post-game show that was ready to go last night. So, guys, look, like I told you, I'm, you know, as much as you guys are going to keep coming back to listen is as hard as I'm going to work for you. Um, today we're going to get into some fun stuff. Obviously, the PFF grades came out, so we'll get into that. Best part about this is we can get that and mix it with our own favorite Cleveland Browns, obviously, film breakdown from ba- uh, Browns film breakdown from the OBR, Mr. Jake Burns. Jake, first things first, obviously, uh, Reached out to you when I started here last fall. Uh, Monday, you were putting out some great work some, on Mondays. So we got together, and actually, it's been a good relationship from there. Now a father, engaged. I want to congratulate you on everything, Jake. Dude, it's been a big year, my man. Hey, it has been. It's been crazy. I actually tweeted out not too long ago. I just kind of started to dip my toe in writing for the Browns, at least on their content for WFNY, about a year ago, August like 20th or something. But, yeah, it's moved quick. It's been great. People are it's the best fan base in the world. People are craving content. You do a great job. Anybody who does a great job, people are going to listen. People are going to pay attention. And I was just talking to somebody else about this, man. I haven't had a sports feeling for week one. You know, this is week one of the NFL, and I haven't had a sports feeling like that since game seven of the 2016 World Series. So this city's dying for a winner. They're dying for good content. So it's a, it's a, it's a match made in heaven for me, man. I'm sitting there yesterday, and it was late in the fourth quarter. You, you know, I had contacted Pete, and he's like, yeah, all right, we'll do this in a little bit. You know, 21-7, everyone kind of saw the writing on the wall. And then all of a sudden, 21-14, 21-21. Now I'm going through my phone, and I'm going through YouTube. Which version of Hallelujah is going to be the best one to open this show with? If God forbid <laughs> this happens. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a win. It's it's, But it's not a loss. It's a tie. And look, it matters because it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. So nobody on that side of you know of Ohio can say nothing. You didn't get the better of them yesterday. Obviously, for the Cleveland Browns and their fans and organization, everybody, you know, we're just hoping it's a step in a positive direction. But ain't guys, make no mistake. If you are listening and you're not Browns affiliated, ain't nobody associating this like this was a W yesterday. They're pissed off because they knew they possibly left the W on the field. Uh, so we can go offensive side of the ball first. Uh, the PFF grades came out not so favorable to the offensive side of the ball. Um, uh, Jarvis Landry was actually your highest scorer with a score of 70, which, guys, a lot of people get upset with PFF. 70 is around average. So, it, you know, a lot of people see the numbers and automatically want to throw their hats and get pissed. You need to look at the chart what the number denotates. But, look, the rest of it was not too good. Desmond Harrison in the low 30s. Well, I mean, you kind of going to expect that from a rookie with three penalties in his furnace NFL start. Uh, the rest of the line, uh, you know, Batonio 56.5. Not Obviously, tough day for Joel, but Joel's been back in fourth year now for five to six weeks. That number will continue to go up. Interior, uh, obviously, Treader, Zeitler, uh, uh, 62 for Zeitler, 69 for Treader. Good numbers. Chris Hubbard, you know, there were some times where he looked solid. You know, a couple of miss-ups will always screw up a PFF grade. He was in the... Uh, 57 range. David Ojoku in the 40s. Look, tough day there. Uh, the wide receivers. Look, tough day all around for the wide receivers. But look, if you watch the game and you saw the passing game, you can see how people wouldn't score very well. But what we're going to do here now is we're going to take these scores from my friends over at Pro Football Focus, and we're going to get some of Jake's eye on this stuff. Um, Jake, the first thing I guess we got to go to, Desmond Harrison. Uh, there were some things where you saw what the Browns see in, you know, the peel-black block on the run. I mean, there's times where you say, all right, this kid's got a lot going for him. 
you know, maybe obviously it was a sink or swim thing. So, you know, the penalties, you can't get upset about the penalties. A rookie in this situation, you know, it, everything's going 5 million miles an hour because it's not like he's coming from North Carolina or the SEC. He's coming from West Georgia. So it's a big, big jump in talent. Uh, give me some initial thoughts on what you saw from Desmond Harrison yesterday. Yeah, like you said, um, some up, some down. I think, you know, you you, you want to give him a, a, a fly on the penalties, uh, especially the two. I think it might have even been three. I think I don't know if all three were were false, false starts. False starts, but, and he left yeah. behind up off sides or something. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't on the line of scrimmage. That's right. So, um, you know, I, I he's a young kid. He's not young by age necessarily by when rookies come in, but he, it's his first game. He's nervous. I I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. I understand it. I kind of get it. But you're also a pro now, so that stuff is inexcusable. So you can't have that happen anymore, um, you know. Especially with a big part of what Desmond Harrison came in with was the mental side of things. Is he able to handle those things? Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, Jeff, I mean, he 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 handles the passing game pretty well. He had a couple missteps where um, the, a couple of the glaring ones. He had a bad angle. He took on a Dupree rush right before half. That was a strip sack. Browns recovered it. That one stood out. Um, he missed a couple. I think he missed a couple assignments. I saw. Um, in pass pro, but when he gets feel uh, for where he's going and sets landmark deep, and, he, and, and especially in high pass sets, um, you know he's as he's as good as they as they as, as you want a young kid to be, and and he, he he's proven that he can do that. He didn't he didn't run block well, which if we've talked about this, his he doesn't have much bulk in terms of what natural tackles size wise look like, so. Um, he, he, he struggles a little bit in the run game, and it caused a couple slip-ups. But, no, I mean, when he's, when he's comfortable and he knows what he's doing, he does some things in the passing game that you want your left tackle to do. You feel good about it. He does really nice job kick-stepping, getting to the correct depth. You want a little bit more hand punch out of him, strike, but he has a good feel for where rushers are going and, and kind of creating the necessary angle to, to cut them off. So some good, some bad. Um, it, it was rainy, sloppy, hard for the footwork. I'm not going to judge anybody um, with all too much seriousness based on that game because it was just – it's kind of one you almost throw out because of the conditions. You just kind of want to get by with the win. But, you know, Harrison, about what you'd expect from an undrafted free agent rookie who didn't get a full camp under his belt. There's there's things there that you can see why the Browns like him, but you're not totally sure if he's going to be the answer long term. You think he can be. You keep your fingers crossed, but you're just not totally sure. Well, one thing also now, with Joel entrenched back at left guard, and the announcement was made that this is the offensive line going further. So this is good for everybody. And now Joel back to where he belongs. And look, he can kind of, look, there were plenty of times he took a pointer from Joe Thomas coming inside. So now he can kind of give his little elbow to the outside. Hey, make sure your eyes there, you know, a little bit better. So, you know, it's going to get better where he can almost have a coach. And the one reason, and guys, I talked with Jake, we weren't really going to do any running game here. Um, obviously, the running game in a hole yesterday besides Tyrod Taylor wasn't very good. But this is what you expect when week in, week out, you do not know what your offensive line is. When we say gel, when we say cohesion, this is what it's key to. It is key to the run game. And the fact that they didn't even dress a guy who was probably one, their best run blocker during the preseason makes it even more of a head-scratcher. But obviously, that's a talk for another day. Um, Jake, uh, with Tyrod... Um, look, the clamoring is already there for number six, and I can understand why. But uh, I had one of uh, a Buffalo radio guy and a Buffalo beat reporter come on when the Browns first you know, made the acquisition of Tyrod Taylor. 
And he had said that, you know, one of the things with Tyrod Taylor, once he got done after games and, you know, the Browns had lost, is he had went and spoke to the other team and said, you know, well, you know, what did work for you guys? And what did they say? A lot of what the guys said, you know, that played against Tyrod was once we stopped worrying about Tyrod Taylor's legs and we just settled back in coverage, we felt we there was no chance he could beat us. And this is kind of what you saw some yesterday. Yes, there were times where the pressure got right in there. But a couple of these sacks, and when I'm watching here this second time, and I'm kind of slow motioning through it, there's four and a half, there's five seconds. So for me, it's shit or get off the pot, and you're an athletic quarterback. So look, if you can run, and you've already been given four plus seconds, then it's time to rely on your athleticism. So I think some of this was, you know, and maybe this is because Josh Gordon's on the field and he's not totally familiar, but there's a lot of talent in the skill position now, and sometimes even if you don't think somebody's open, a guy like Josh Gordon, like you saw on that touchdown, is open. You just got to be able to make the throw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's no doubt that he he was off. It was it was sideways um, for him uh, in terms of consistency. I think the thing that gave me the biggest concern with Tyrod was, like you had mentioned there just a few moments ago, he he was inconsistent at the top of his drop, so a lot of panic at the top of drops led him to taking off, um, which I didn't see much of in Buffalo. I'm not entirely sure why. Now, there could be factors such as rain, um, the weather, Pittsburgh doing some things to him he wasn't accustomed to, but I, I just didn't love how, how uncomfortable he looked in terms of making decisions. I didn't think the Browns used the middle of the field well, period. I didn't see much even focused over them. It's two years now where I didn't feel anything was focused over the middle of the field. Pittsburgh used the middle of the field. Teams used the middle of the field, but the Browns just can't seem to find a way to use it. Um, And some of that could be Tyrod's doing. The seven sacks, some of them were his fault. Some of them were other people's fault, but he's going to have to, especially now that you can can throw the weather out of the situation. He's going to have to be better over the next three weeks. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's got. I need. I need quicker decisions, and some of this your offensive coordinator can help with. But I need quicker decisions. I need you to trust some of your playmakers down the field a little bit. I think he did that more as the game wore on, but um, I need to feel better about it. I certainly think he did not look comfortable in cold weather, not cold weather, but a, but a wet ball game. Just I. I don't know. I mean, I know his hands are a decent sized hand, but. If you played quarterback, it's about dropping your thumb down on the football and feeling comfortable making certain throws. And I just didn't ever feel like he was comfortable throwing the ball. I don't. I don't know, Jeff. To be honest with you, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this game away. I thought he took care of the ball relatively well, but you're right. Some of the stigmas about holding on to the thing a little bit too long, and 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 an added stigma for me now of bailing on what seemed like some pockets that were relatively comfortable give me some unease. I also don't know. From the first half that I've really dug super deep into, and the All-22 comes out tomorrow, I didn't see a ton of separation all the time. And some of those things, there are nuanced to. So I want to watch it. I just didn't feel like anybody played all too well on the offensive side of the football to, to be above um, you know, reprimand in terms of, of overall play. But, yeah, I mean, Tyrod's going to have to. You can't throw 15 or 40. You can't average 1.8 yards every time you drop back when there's pressure. Those things have to be better. Some of those things will be better. As these guys get more comfortable with each other, some of these things will be better if, if Todd Haley can kind of take a step back and give him some quick answers. But, um, you know, I, I I tend to be a side with the players kind of guy, Jeff. Maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. But I, I think that he'll be better when the weather's a little bit better. And I feel like 
they can bring a little bit more variance to what they're calling. I felt like Pittsburgh really had a feel for what Todd Haley wanted to do. They almost seemed to step ahead all game. The Browns really only attacked up the sideline. The run game was inconsistent. I didn't see the variance in run game I was used to seeing. So, um, yeah, I mean, Tyrod's going to get a D minus F. He took care of the ball relatively well. That late interception on the ball to Josh Gordon that was underthrown is a, is a major minus. But, um, yeah, he's got to be better. He, he'll tell you that. And Well, here's the thing, though. And look, and guys, I'm not trying to be too hard. And the one thing that me and Pete told you yesterday morning on the pregame show was it's going to be tough to take what you can take out of this game because the weather is such a factor. So if it sounds like we're being overcritical, it, it may sound that way, but at the end of the day, you still have to judge the way it was. What made it easier for Pittsburgh to throw the ball? Familiarity. You know, the fact that these guys are that familiar and they've been playing together this much longer. So, yes, that does factor into it. And obviously, this is the first time they went live under the lights where it really mattered. So, you know, the weather was a huge factor there. But at the end of the day, you know, holding on to that ball too long and you know, the failure to make a mistake as opposed to being aggressive trying to make a play when you drafted a guy at number one overall who's got, you know, cojones the size of bowling balls, it's only going to amp up if this continues as we go into New Orleans because there's going to be no excuses next week, obviously. Um, guys, you're listening to Locked On Browns, obviously. I'm your host, Jeff Lloyd, Jake Burns from the OBR and Browns Film Breakdown. Guys, uh, mybookie.com, one of the great sponsors of the show. This is one place I recommend. I cannot give you winners and losers, but I can give you a good place to place your bets. Mybookie.com is well-respected. They've been around for a while. Zero issues with using um, with using their uh, app or whether or not using the uh, laptop service. They're fantastic with it. Um, they offer the best in live in-game betting uh, players' perks. Uh, the most rewarding, uh, most rewarding player perks in the business, and if any fantasy guys, you can get a bet in by the time this goes on either of the Monday night games tonight. And this is the coolest thing they do fantasy wise: is you can bet the over under on fantasy projections of players. This is fun. This is probably something I'm really going to get into next weekend. I don't know if I want to jinx it because I was really good this fantasy weekend, so I won't be betting on any guy that I got stock in. But something you want to check into. Uh, best thing with mybookie.com right now is they will match your initial deposit 100%. You throw in 100, they'll give you an extra 100 of house money. Great, great thing to do. Mybookie.com, M Y B O O K I E.com. Use my promo code locked on. Mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, now, Jake, one thing, one more thing I want to get to before we switch on over to the other side of the ball. Um, we kind of really hit on this, and it was the wide receivers. Um, look, it's tough running on a track like that. Obviously, you know, it, it's slippery. You don't want to, you know, like a guy like Josh Gordon, and especially Jarvis Landry, who's got great quickness in and out of his cuts. You've got to be careful doing that on a field like it was yesterday because the last thing you want to do is end up flat on your ass, and you're certainly not going to get a ball that way. But I think we need to, the fact that Jarvis Landry got 15 targets, and, you know, some schmuck today on Twitter, well, Josh Gordon... Barely played, he didn't start. Well, Josh Gordon did start. He played 69 snaps. Only got three targets. 15 to 3, when you got a guy like, you know, and look, as established as Landry is and what he does, but when you got a thoroughbred in Josh Gordon, the 15 to 3 ratio, that's an issue. Yeah, no, it's a problem. I think the snap totals were a bit alarming to me. I thought Callaway was going to play a little. I think he only had 15 snaps. So um, I think they had to go more tight end. And yeah. I think Fells seeing whatever it was, I want to say if it was 25 to 30, when you're playing an undrafted free agent who's got no first-team reps, you better have an extra tight end on the field. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's fine. That's cool. I think they, you know, there's two trains of thought there. Like you said, you're helping your left tackle. Um, 
or you can go Pittsburgh's way, which is where they said we're going to be an 11 personnel, spread you out, and get rid of the ball lightning quick to, to avoid that. So the Browns went one way. They went the extra tight end. I'm not sure it went that well, as, as, you know, as we know by how well they played offensively. But, um, no, back to your original point, Josh Gordon, uh, I need to see a variance in his route tree. Like, I just see too many send him deep and let's, let's chuck it to him. Like, if you Somebody watch, needs to go back to the year where he dominated the NFL. Yeah, and he ran every route. <laughs> yeah, the 2013. If you cut yep. on the 2013 and the 2014 tape when he's back from suspension, the guy ran quick screens. He ran slants. He ran deep, long drags. Like, he needs to do that. I saw some drag usage, but not enough. Like, you can't just – like, we can talk about targets, Jeff, and say, well, this should be less Jar- – well, Jarvis is running a, a, a diversified route tree. That plays a part. So we need to see more of that from Josh if they want to use him and get him 10 targets, 10 to 12 targets a game, which they should, that that needs to be their doing. I think it doesn't seem overly difficult to me. Line him up all over the field because he's talented enough to do it and give him different options. Like get him in isolation against a nickel and let him run a slot fade. Like you can, or anything, man, put him on a corner outside and let him work, you know, square ends, let him work for, you know, let him work slants, let him work pivots, let him, the dude can do anything. So give him a chance. I just didn't like how they used him. Yeah. The the talk was, we're going to play him 25 snaps and, no, they used him all the time. We'll use this guy for everything. He should be your focus. You know, the, the point, if I was Todd Haley and I'm sitting in a coordinator room, I'm saying, okay, what can we do to get him in favorable matchups? Do we put him in the backfield and motion him out? Imagine him and Duke Johnson in the backfield together. That would be an automatic timeout by the defense. Automatic. Yeah, I'm, yo, yo, yeah, like you said, and do any do anything, man. Yo-yo him in and out so you can identify who's covering him. Is somebody trailing him? Nobody's trailing him. You got him in zone. Let's work them in zone. Like it's very. I don't like saying it's simple because I'm not an NFL coordinator, but I need to see different things. He's your best player, so use him in different ways to get coverage easy, simple to identify coverage, and put him in situations to let him use his athletic ability. I need to see more of it. I think Todd Haley would tell you they didn't do well enough with that in week one, so I hope they change it. I thought Landry played well. I thought they gave him chances to make some plays. Um, you know, he he had um, some opportunities. Down the field that I liked, he also had the deep cross that I thought he would have made a play on. He was held. There was a pass interference. Um, you know, he played. I thought Richard Higgins had a nice ball at the sidelines. They need to give him chances. It's weird. It, it is very weird. It's a weird game. The You know, the routes are strange because guys are slipping. And I saw Josh Gordon, you know, speak of the devil. Um, he kind of slipped and fell a few times, fell on his butt, and timing was off. But, you know, it, let's see how it looks in the dome. Let's see how it looks on a decent weather day. Um, before, you know, we need sample size in this thing. It's easy to overreact. I'm, I'm, a, I'm you know, guilty of it too. Sometimes we overreact to week one. But the, I, I liked what I saw from Josh. He looked healthy. He, he should be fine going forward. Jarvis showed that he can go get the ball down the field. He can also do his in-between stuff. I liked having Higgins make a big play when it mattered, um, especially his, his catch kind of lit a fire under everybody. I think it was still 21-7 at that point. Yep. So, you know, his, his play – um, they're helped. It, it'll, they're fine. They're fine at wide receiver. I think that they freaked out a little bit with Callaway because, like you said, um, I noticed a couple times where Jarvis was giving him instructions on what to do, which means he might, he might mentally not quite be there yet. His first game as a pro, his first real game in, in nearly two years. So they use more tight. It, it'll be fine. It'll all work itself out. They have talent there. They just have to use, you know, eh, come up with a little bit better game plan. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the talent is there. And, guys, if it sounds like we're being critical – and it's a 21-21 tie at the end of the day against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
It's because it's there, guys. There's a lot to be excited about. We're going to shift on over to the defensive side of the ball. Now, guys, if you really want to get excited, this is where we're going to get excited. PFF scores. Miles Garrett, 82.4. Larry Ogunjobi, 83.6. Denzel Ward, 85.6. Jabril Peppers, 75.1. Jannard Avery, 90.3. This is five guys, first or second year players, the foundation of your defense going forward. And these are the numbers they put up. You put into Marius Randall with a 77.6. Jamie Collins, who we've kind of been giving a little bit of a hard time to, over 70 at 72.8. Guys, there is a lot to be excited about about this defense. And look, they gave up yards yesterday. They did. But just as the offense left points on the field, you know, Cleveland hung with a really good offense defensively the entire game. And they turned around when it was 21-7, and they said, it's going to stop here. And they did everything they could to give their offense a chance to win this game. Um, let's start with the front seven. Uh, I mean, look, obviously, Jake, you and I both love Jannard Avery. But, you know, but the combination of these young guys up front and Denzel Ward looking every stinking part you know, I kind of said, man, if you're drafting a cornerback at four, you better make sure he is the goods. And I kind of joked, he better be a playmaker. He better make a ton of un- interceptions. Denzel Ward, I apologize. Week one, you shut me the hell up. You're on pace for 32 INTs. That's going to happen, guys. It's the way it works. But uh, <laughs> s- some thoughts here. I mean, you got to be excited what you saw from these guys. Yeah, no, they did. They played well. I think that it wasn't much different than what we saw last year in terms of Greg's mentality, how he approached it. Um, some some surprising things were, um, you know, Miles staying on the field for every single defensive snap. I like that. That's, it's a little foolish. It's a little yeah. foolish, but, yes, yeah. it's pretty impressive. It, it is, yeah. I mean, he should he should probably be in that 60 range, but nonetheless, if he's going to be – if he's willing, he's young, he's able, I mean, that's fine. I think that Greg dropped him into pass coverage a few times to maybe help with that. I don't like that necessarily, but – um, you know, I get, I get the idea if you're trying to give him a slight break instead of, you know, taking him on a rush every time, but you feel good about miles Garrett. I mean, the guy, what has, you know, what more can I say that hasn't already been said? He's a freak of nature. He, 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 you know, he can do a whole bunch of different things to get to the quarterback and impact plays. Um, Larry Ogunjobi, I thought played well, controlled his gap really well. He can bull rush with the best of them. He's a he's a really good football player that I'm happy to have. They'll they'll get some help up front. Um, you know, Zettel um, and uh, you know Carl Davis will play a little bit more when they get acclimated to things. So they'll get more rotation up front. But um, yeah, you feel good about up front. I think Ogba got dinged up with the ankle. He's obviously going to be out a few weeks, and that happened early in the game. He tried to play through it, so he didn't have much of an impact. But I didn't see any glaring issues on him. Linebackers were fine. Um, I thought Peppers looked more comfortable playing close to the line, had a bit more of an impact. Uh, he gets all over the field. He's a little bit reckless sometimes, but he can cover field. Uh, yeah, and Denzel Ward, I mean, what more can you ask for? The guy's a technician out there. You could see it on the tape at Ohio State. You had concerns about the size, and there was one run. James Conner broke back. A, 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 the Steelers ran a little inside zone with a backside isolation. And Jamie Collins missed a tackle. It was the first quarter. He got into open field. He got downhill. Connor did and, and, and really got into Denzel Ward. I actually thought Denzel Ward might be hurt. He got hit that hard. He has to really try to avoid taking brunt forces right into his chest. He, he's small. He's not big, but he is a technician. He can run with anybody. The play with Antonio Brown, the touchdown ball, I mean, there's probably three guys in the entire world who make that play. Denzel puts his hand up through the pocket 
does a great job, but Antonio Brown reaches outside the pocket and brings it in. I mean, Josh Gordon, um, you're probably looking at Julio Jones and, and, you know, AJ Green and Odell. I mean, there's not many guys that can do that. That's just a phenomenal catch. I wasn't upset with that. Um, And you can't be. Look, I mean, I don't care if it was Patrick Peterson. If the ball's in the right spot and it's Antonio Brown on the the other receiver, there's nothing you can do. Sometimes, you know, you can do all you can and you're still going to fail. Yeah. It's just like a jump shooter who makes a three with a hand in his face. I mean, it is what it is. You clap him on the butt and you just say, good play, man. So, um, you know, I thought he played well. He had a nice interception where he baited Ben. Ben didn't see him. He read Ben's eyes, jumped in front of that. His first one, the second one was a bit of a luck interception, but you'll have that. You'll have some unlucky plays. You'll have some lucky plays. you got to make those catches. You made the play. So, all around, good game. PFS great of him. is very accurate. I thought he was in hip pockets when he needed to be. Made a nice play on an Antonio Brown crossing route that really upset Antonio Brown late in the game. He was yep. getting frustrated, stuck with him, made a play across the field. So, lots of love. Terrence Mitchell was fine. Respectable number two corner, just what we want from him. And Demarius Randall was, I thought he was a home run playing deep. Jumped down, played a little bit of slot corner, too. The only guy I was really disappointed in was Brambody Calhoun. Really struggled man-to-man. I think Juju Smith-Schuster had something like 111 yards on three targets against him. Yep. Beat him on a slot fade. Beat him on that quick little inside. inside zone. I call it is slant. They threw it early in the game. That first drive, they missed it, came back to it, and beat him with um, Juju. So he has to play better. I'm not sure he's their long-term slot. EJ Gaines might be better. They need to find somebody, whether it's – they're short, of, they're short of corner. They're short of yeah. cornerback. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they're short in interior corner. I agree. I think they're outside fine, but they need to find somebody they trust in that slot because they, they can't have those issues happen. Don't get me wrong. Pittsburgh has – I mean, Juju's establishing himself as one of the better slot receivers in the entire NFL. And obviously when you sneak Antonio Brown into the slot, that is the best slot receiver in the NFL. So, um, you know, t- t- tough test. I thought the defense gave up some large, like you said. I thought they got a little soft early in the third quarter kind of passive uh did did or on their heels really reactionary but then like you said they toughened up they said okay this thing can either be a blowout or we're going to keep it respectable and they held their own they did a nice job so you feel good about miles you feel good about the linebacker group um you know Jannard avery included in that linebacker group and then you have a stud back in denzel ward so you feel good about three levels of young players that are pretty good 100 100 uh maybe maybe we'll sneak mr rice in for a couple of reps uh he's a guy i'm actually looking forward to seeing guys uh jake Bra- uh jake burns here from the obr and browns uh film breakdown uh we're going through the pff grades and what jake saw on tape here yesterday uh obviously we hit on a bunch of good stuff guys matt williamson locked on nfl does a fantastic job over there monday lineup he's you know, bringing in guests from you know the locked on shows you know, going over the biggest things, I believe the guys from the Chiefs and I want to say the guys from the Bucks were on there today. Obviously, some interesting storylines from them yesterday. Uh, he'll have guys from PFF. He's going to have guys from ESPN. Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterbacks, also on the show. So check out Matt Williamson and his Locked On NFL Monday through Friday lineup. Uh, Jake, uh, we're going to put a bow on this one because I know you were a busy guy, my friend. Um, but look, I know you got a lot of great stuff coming for everybody this year. Um, go ahead, let everybody know what you uh, what you got in store for everybody coming. Yeah, um, you mentioned a lot of it. I do the breakdowns on Brown's Film Breakdown. When the All-22 comes out, I'll do an OBR, five key plays right up that's going to have different angles that, you know, unless you have game pass and you have an understanding of how things are going, it'll give you some insight. So I encourage everybody who who can to subscribe to the OBR because it'll give you some pretty good content over there. Um, and then, yeah, like like you mentioned, I'm at Jake Burns 8 underscore Jake underscore Burns 18 
I'm always going to give you some good Browns banter there, but I've kind of taken everything video-wise. I try to get everything done on Mondays, a little hectic with work and stuff, but everything done Monday for film breakdowns done there from the TV angle. Um, we're going to have a podcast myself and John uh, Colosimo just started. Uh, it's going to be kind of analytics-driven. We're going to have that out just called Browns Film Pod, Browns Film Breakdown Podcast. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it'll probably start a website here soon with all this stuff, turn it into its own little mini network, just a goal to bring video content to people so that they can understand what's going on, uh, you know, week by week to kind of augment their uh, opinions themselves. Uh, Jake, you know, uh, look, uh, we kind of started in this together. So, you know, we will always consider ourselves the class of 17, whether we were drafted to the UDFAs to the uh, Browns uh, media world and contribution world. But uh, always a pleasure. Uh, Jake, again, congratulations. It's a huge year for you. Obviously, little boy at home, engaged. Uh, uh, tell Kelby, thank you for sparing me a little time here. I appreciate her for that. Um, my Browns fans, uh, we got some good stuff coming tomorrow night. I'm going to record for our uh, crossover Wednesdays. Um, we're going to have somebody in from The Athletic, as I'm going to do a little part, uh, partnership with The Athletic Cleveland. So a lot of good stuff coming this week, guys. Uh, looking forward to every minute of it. All my new listeners, thank you so much. Anybody listening, please jump in. Leave a review. Leave a five-star. Leave a written review. I appreciate you for everything you do. Go ahead, follow Jake and all his work. He's fantastic. Follow the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Always keep it a follow back. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. I appreciate all the support you guys are giving me. Until tomorrow night, let's go Browns.